We're talking about the life of a saint from the rapture on. And um, so the rapture, where we're at, the rapture has taken place. We were taken up to heaven. We spent seven years in heaven. We came back to the earth with Christ for the battle of Armageddon. And now here we are uh, tonight. We're talking about, started last week in a talk all night tonight, uh, about the millennium, the thousand-year earthly reign of Christ in the earth. Hallelujah. And so in the millennial time, the, the kingdom of God has come down out of heaven, the spiritual kingdom that we know, and is now a physical kingdom in the earth. Uh, and the sheep people or the nations uh, that were spared have crossed over uh, from uh, the battle of Armageddon out of the tribulation into uh, this time. And so I want to remind us again that we are looking at this, this end time perspective, uh, as a resurrected saint. So at this time we have received an unforfeitable uh, eternal life when we were preserved blameless, holy, and perfect unto the Lord. And so we are perfect in spirit, we are perfect in soul, we are perfect in body, we have a glorified body now, hallelujah. And so for us there is no flesh ever to war against, hallelujah, hallelujah. praise the Lord. So we're happy about that. And we also now, uh, having come out of heaven and uh, been prepared for what uh, we are to do in the earth, we of course know the plan of God. We know the whole counsel of God. We know what Adam and Eve did not know uh, when they were in the earth. Of course, we know that Eve was deceived and then Adam uh, didn't know about what the knowledge of good and evil actually was. So they thought uh, that eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was going to make them like God. Y'all remember that? But we know that the truth was they were already like God, right? Because God had already made them in, in His image. And so somehow there was some uh, lack of an understanding of that in the moment where that deception could come in. Uh, but I want you to know that that is the oldest trick of the devil in the book. It's the oldest trick that there is, uh, trying to deceive uh, a man or a woman of God off of who they are in Christ. So the devil is constantly going after your identity, trying to tell you that you're not something that God says you are or that you are something that God says you're not. So we need to make sure that we don't fall for that trick. We don't have to have that deception uh, even in this day. But certainly in the millennial reign, uh, we will be seeing things clearly. Uh, turn with me over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to start there. And in verse 9, as resurrected saints in this dispensation, of course, in the millennial, we will see things and we will know things very clearly. So let's just look at this scripture, uh, kind of putting this in reference to uh, where we are now, but where we will be then. Verse 9 says, for we know in part and we will prophesy in part. So that means right now in this dispensation, we know some things. We can know some things of the Lord, but we only know things in part. We don't know everything fully. We don't see everything fully. Everything is in part. But verse 10, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. And so what this is telling us is that in the times to come, uh, once we have been resurrected in heaven and now coming back to the earth, we will know all things. We will see all things clearly. Of course, when the Bible says there, uh, that which is perfect, uh, perfect actually equates to love, and love actually equates to Jesus. So it means that once as Jesus has come back to get us, uh, we will 
be able to see clearly and know all things clearly. And of course that's important for us because we have to know in this time uh, that we are God's, uh, that He is ours and that we will remain with Him forever. The Bible says actually that when He came at His coming that we will be like Him. Amen. And so uh, what a glory it will be for all of the saints of God to be like Him. And we need to remember in that is that we will be like God in nature and in character, but we will never be God. So we are never God in position or God in function. And you got to keep that straight because, you know, that's what got uh, Lucifer in trouble. That's what caused him to, uh, you know, rise up in pride and be cast out. And so even in the earth with all of the glory that we have today and all of the power and the authority and the dominion that God has already given us and that which is to come, we have to remember that we are still under God. And it is only God that is God. Hallelujah. But as we are going through this tonight and a little bit next week, and we're talking about some of the things that are going on in the millennial reign, we need to remember that in this dispensation, uh, we are not able to turn from the Lord. We are not able to rebel. And so when you hear me start talking about what's going to happen to the rebels, uh, you can just be assured that you will not be in that category. Uh, we, of course, are His people. We are made to have a relationship with Him. Uh, we are made to serve Him. Also, in this dispensation, which is really exciting, we will live in the fullness of the reality that we are all equal. Positionally, that's already true, but it just seems that in the body of Christ there's always some, con some conflict in this area but that we're, we will all live in the reality perfectly, that we are all one in essence, we are all equal in essence, we are all equal in position uh, as a saint of God, equal to one another, uh, neither male nor female. So all of this stuff today about what women can't do because they're women, everybody will see clearly. Neither, and there's probably not anybody more happy about that. They may be as happy, but not anybody more happy about that than me. Praise the Lord. Uh, but we will all see ourselves uh, as, as equal, as one, as one body, uh, one with one another, one in the Lord, and of course one under the Lord. Uh, now there does seem to be in this dispensation, which we talked about uh, quite a bit several weeks ago, uh, there will seemingly different, be different positions granted to the saints uh, in the kingdom structure, and I'm going to go through tonight some of the structure that we're going to see uh, in the millennial reign as far as the reigning government or the ruling government. Uh, but there are different positions, and that will be based on the reward of the saint from the work of their earth life. So how we did and what God gave us, how we stewarded now our assignments, our gifts, our graces, uh, those things basically help know to where we will be positioned. But in the millennial, God has entrusted us to not only live with Him, but to rule and reign in the earth eternally. And that means forever and ever. And so that's an awesome privilege and an awesome responsibility. Uh, but we do need to know that we are heading on this timeline. Uh, once we're going to get past the millennial reign, you see that word down here in the bottom called eternity. 
And uh, that's where we're going to get. We're going to next week close out in eternity and talk about some things there because in eternity, what means then is things that is as it will be as far as we know forever and ever. Uh, it will be a shade different. There will be some things that are different uh, from where we're at now in the millennial reign. Hallelujah. So let's talk about the millennium and some things that we can see from the scriptures as maybe to uh, why there is this dispensation in the earth. You know, what? why didn't it that, that God just said we're going to go up to heaven and then come back with Christ and instantly a new heaven and a new earth? There are some reasons why, some things that have to happen in the millennial. And I, I said this last week, but I just want to say it again as an overview uh, that this will be the last dispensation of man before finally destroying all of the rebels. Anybody that rebels against God, you can see that in Revelation 20 verses 12 through 15. Uh, in the new heaven and the new earth are for eternity the final removal of all of the curse because we know at that time uh, that actually death will be thrown into the lake of fire itself. And so all of that will be done. And then there is a restoring of man's dominion, which we talked about last week. Well, God will get back to his original plan as it was in the Garden of Eden, how we had dominion over everything. Hallelujah. And so as you can tell from not only the teaching, uh, but just how long it's been since basically Jesus came to the earth. And, and then we had the plan uh, where Jesus would die upon the cross and all the things would happen. It takes a while. You know, why is that? Because the, really the plan of God is, is so intricate. Uh, there's so many intricacies, primary because God is working with people. If God wasn't working with people, it probably wouldn't be so intricate. Uh, but God is reduced to working with people because when He created man and uh, woman in His image, He wanted a family. He wanted to have someone relationship with. And so He gave them a free will. And so God has had to work in the earth with man's free will. And so we see that many times the things of God are a process. Uh, praise the Lord. But I want you to know this, that the will of God and the plan of God will prevail and all things will come to pass just as the Lord has said. And so we have to remember that even in our own life as we're going through because earth life uh, can be quite long. You know, it, it's not a sprint, this race that we're in, running the good race. Uh, the race that we know we're running to win the prize, but it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so we have to realize that even in our own lives, uh, sometimes the things of God, the plan of God, the will of God for our own lives can take a while. And I say that, you know, Pastor already said it tonight when he got up there, don't grow weary in well-doing. It goes on to say, for in due season. If you don't faint in due season, you shall reap. And so even in our own lives, when it's taking a while, don't give up. Come on, we stay the course we stay in it with faith and patience so that we can inherit the promises and see all of the plan of God and the will of God come uh, for our life. Hallelujah. Uh, in this millennial, as we go through, uh, talking about some of the things, you also need to realize that uh, in that dispensation, some of the things that will be normal for everyone at that time are things that we can access today by faith when needed, okay? Now we saw the, a good example of this with David as an Old Testament guy. He used his faith, his, his belief, his trust in God uh, to basically pull things into his time that were really way uh, beyond his time. Uh, we see in Isaiah 51 verses 1 through 2 and then I think it's 10 through 11 uh, where he, he accessed mercy that really was not due to him. 
because there was no blood of Jesus. He accessed righteousness. He, he actually prayed that he could have a clean and an upright heart with God. And it seemed that God honored that in many situations where really there was no blood of Jesus yet to, to access that righteousness. Uh, we see that with David many times, uh, he was praying at one time about the Lord not taking the spirit off of him. So even though he was a king and we know that the spirit would come upon kings, it seemed that David had some relationship with the Holy Spirit that might have gone beyond some people because of his faith uh, in the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So we need to remember this as we're reading some of these things. Uh, Like, for example, today when we get to talking about, uh, I mentioned that the Lord is going to restore all of our dominion. Uh, So like today, an an example of that would be uh, we can have dominion over animals when needed. Now, just generally as it is, we don't have dominion over all animals right now. In the millennial reign, we will. But right now, you know, if a dog is after you and a dog's chasing you and you think it's going to attack you, sometimes the best tactic may not be to run. But only if your faith can secure something. If your faith in that moment can turn around and realize that with God, you have authority, nothing gets to harm you. Nothing gets to hurt you in any way. You can use your authority and exercise your dominion over that animal at that time. We saw Daniel do that in the lion's den, right? He was in the lion's den, shut the the mouth of the lion. He did that. That was not not in his dispensation. We know that Jesus in the wilderness, uh, when he was in the wilderness for 40 days, I don't know if you've ever been in the wilderness But if you've ever been in the wilderness, you know that there are creatures, there are are things. So Jesus exercised his authority. He had dominion over everything when he was out in the wilderness. And so certainly we can have that today if we have faith for that. And that's why sometimes you do have to to take a moment and and exercise your faith, uh, begin to think about things, what if. I remember one time I was in the ocean uh, out at the beach at, it was Galveston, And I was out at the beach and I was just sitting there and all of a sudden I just started thinking about what would happen if something like got me? Like what if a shark came? Like what if if an animal came and stumped? You know, I just began to to ponder this because we have to think about these things to prepare ourselves some time. And I'm not kidding you. And I was thinking, well, I know what I would do. I would use the name of G, you know. So praise the Lord, I was building my faith. I'm not kidding you. Ten minutes later, here here it comes. The animal, whatever it was, wrapped itself around my arm. And do you know what happened? I went, no, in the name of Jesus, it let go and I had nothing. I had no sting. I had no bite. I had no mark. See, this is the advantage of having the Holy Ghost because it might have been the Holy Ghost that was prompting me in the moment to build my faith uh, because He knew what was coming. Hallelujah. And so uh, those kind of things can really be real today. I've heard many stories uh, of people exercising their dominion over something to prevent something. Uh, I have a story. You want to hear my exercising my dominion over fish? You want me to tell you my fishing by faith story? So I, you know, I growing up in the, in the faith life, uh, had done a lot of studying in the faith, and I, I always appreciated Brother Charles Capps and the revelation that he had a faith. And, uh, you know, the Lord told him one time, he said, uh, my, I told my people that they can have what they say, and instead they're saying what they have. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say that again. He said, the Lord said, 
I told my people they can have what they say, but instead they're saying what they have. Come on, we're supposed to be using our mouth to call things that be not as though they are. Hallelujah. And so I had heard his story of of being a fisherman and how he would go out into the water and he would fish by faith. And so he would take dominion over the fish and he would command the fish to get on his rod. And I thought, wow, well, I was really not a fisherman. So, but I thought that's a great story. I mean, that you could, you know, cause that to happen. Jesus and Peter did that somehow. Remember when he said, go ahead and go out and fish and you'll get a fish and it'll have money in its mouth. I haven't done that yet. But Lord, maybe. So anyway, when I got married, when I got married, my husband was a fisherman. Not just a fisherman of men, but a fisherman of fish. And so when we would go to the beach, he would always want to fish. And you know, in the early days, you know, you're all excited and all your time's together, you know. And so he would want to fish and he would want me to fish with him. And like I was really not a a fisherman, you know. And so just the thought of it. First of all, the getting up early in the morning disqualified me immediately. (laughs) I mean, get up at 5 a.m. It is not happening. I will see you when you're back. But anyway, uh, you know, I, did, I do still love my husband, and I loved him then, and I wanted to, you know, please him, and so he wanted me to go fishing. And so the first couple of times we were at the beach, uh, we had a little kayak, and we would, he, he would, you know, go out, and so he wanted me to go with him. I said, I will do it. But I told him before I went, I said, now I just want you to know that I'm going to fish by faith. Because I thought if Charles Caps can do this, then I should be able to do this too, take dominion over the fish. You know, if you don't ever use your faith, you have to look for opportunities to use your faith. And so we rowed out, and he's going, yeah, yeah, you know, okay, okay. We, we row out there, and I help him get my, my thing on the, you know, on the end of it. And I'm like, okay. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the fish to get on my hook. Boom. Fish. True. True story. And I'm rolling in the instantly the fish got on my hook. And I'm right, he's still sitting over there. So we got it. I said, see, see, it really does work. And he's like, oh, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to diminish my faith. He's like, I said, I'm going to do it again. And so I, we put the thing on the little thing on the thing. I don't like it. I can't look at it. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I take dominion. You get on my hook. Boom. Guess what? I caught two shark, like four foot. Have you ever eaten shark? It's very good eating meat. It's very good eating. I caught two, but boom, by faith, reeled that in. I looked at him. And then I said, that's it. I'm done. My fishing is over. I'm going to read my spiritual book and you can fix the rest of the time, which he did. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In Pastor Chaz's defense, I'm not sure why he didn't, I don't know, maybe for the fishermen it's just the whole thing of getting out and the fishing. But, but that's one thing you have to be careful about is that you're not doing something so many times that you stop using your faith. Mm-hmm. 
Even in natural, even in natural day living, things that work, you can still use your faith. You can cause things to happen by your faith. You can take dominion. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So back to the millennium here. But those kind of things are available to us. Now, some things do have to be accomplished in the millennium. There are some promises uh, that have to come from the millennium. Uh, One thing that we know is that the original curse... Uh, came into the earth and upon its inhabitants uh, from Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And uh, we know that when the curse entered, uh, there's lots of parts of the curse, uh, but we know that in general, basically death, destruction, sorrow, pain, uh, and hardship, we could say, entered the earth. There are some specific things that came about uh, with the curse In Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 through 19, I'm not going to read that scripture, but I'm going to tell you about a few of those things, uh, and then we're going to talk about it. Uh, But one is that sorrow and pain came in conception and in childbirth. Another curse, maybe you were not aware of, is that woman had a desire toward the man and the need for him to rule over her. Did you know that prior to the curse, there was no Adam over Eve? Y'all, y'all are not ready. I'm going to have to save this for next week. I can feel it already. We'll move on. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. There was another curse, work by the sweat of the brow, where work was uh, hard and laborious, you know, getting things out of the ground, all that. Then there was a curse upon the serpent, put on the serpent, member. Uh, maybe you didn't know, but originally the serpent stood on his feet. He walked, and uh, the curse came and put him on his belly, said that he would uh, slither on his belly and that he would eat the dust uh, for the rest of his days. Uh, But in the millennium, uh, the majority of the curse is removed. Hallelujah. The curse on the earth itself, the curse on people, the curse on animals. And so let's read some scriptures tonight uh, that talk about that and what that will be like. Turn with me over to Isaiah 35. Uh, We're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to read verses 5 through 7. It says, The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Look at that. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon, and they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Verse 5, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. Turn with me to Isaiah 65. Now as I go through a lot of these scriptures tonight, the scriptures will kind of speak for themselves. I do have a lot of scripture, so I'm not going to try to expand too much. Uh, Isaiah 65, verse 17 through 25, talking about some things removed uh, from the curse in the millennial. Verse 17, For behold, I will create a new heavens and a new earth. Now this is not the new heaven and the new earth that comes after the millennium. I could prove that out 
uh, scripturally, but just have to know he's referring to a new time and the way that things are. And it says, And the former shall not be remembered or come to mind, but, he, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing, and her people, and for her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. So we see sadness and things like that can go away. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, but a no, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall not die 100 years old, but the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. This is again is talking like I said last week where people will live uh, for very, very, very long uh, periods of time. At 100 years of age, uh, someone would still be considered a child. Uh, it says, They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and inhabit another. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. There we see the removal about, about work, uh, the laborious part of work. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. Uh, for they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. And the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. Now look at that. This is in the millennial reign. Still the dust will be the serpent's food. And they shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my mountain. Look at that. They shall not hurt nor destroy. There will be no war. Hallelujah. Uh, this talks about the removal of the work by the sweat of the brow. It states here that there will be no more meat eaters. So the food chain is actually going to change. Uh, there will be no destruction. Uh, but I want you to see here that the serpent will remain on its belly. And the reason for that is that the curse of, um, that was put on the serpent will never be reversed. Because it represented Satan, it was the animal that allowed Satan to enter into it and deceive Eve. The curse on the snake is perpetual. It will remain forever. However, we'll see later that its poisonous fangs are removed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that's, that's good to know about the devil. You know, when you're reading this, you have to realize that the serpent in the Bible many times uh, represents the devil. So we could say here that the serpent represents the devil and on its belly means where? Under our feet. Come on. The devil is where? He's under our feet. Come on. Anything that was made for the ground is made to be stepped on, is made to be walked on, is made to be stomped on. Come on. The Bible says actually that not only is the devil under our feet, but we're to crush his head. Hallelujah. And so you need to remember this, that the devil is under you. And this is something we are certainly not just waiting for the new heaven and the new earth. We are certainly not just waiting for the millennial reign. We are exercising our authority now and walking in this that the devil is under our feet. Hallelujah. You know, uh, today with the snake, when a snake bites, uh, it can sting. Uh, it can cause swelling. It can easily cause death, right? But... If you go to the doctor and you get the anti-venom for that snake, what happens? You're able to reverse the effects. 
and instantly overcome it, right? Well, listen, we have the anti-venom today for the devil. It's called the blood of Jesus. Come on, the blood of Jesus. When we exercise the blood, plead the blood, use the blood. Come on, we can reverse anything of the devil. We can overcome him. Come on, by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus, we overcome. Even in this dispensation, no early death. Come on, even in this dispensation right here, only victory in the Lord. That's what belongs to us. Hallelujah. No more sting, no more bite. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! I feel a preach. I'm trying to teach, but I feel a preach. Woo! Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 11. Looking at some more things that are going to be reversed in the millennial. Verse 6 through 9. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a, child, a, a little child shall lead them. There's our dominion. And the cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. No fear. No fear. No fear. Listen, Paul accessed this when he had that viper latch onto his hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No fear. We have no fear today. We have no fear of the devil. We have no fear of evil. We have no fear of walking in a dark alley at night. We have no fear because God is with us. Because God is for us. Hallelujah. Verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. In this dispensation, there will be full knowledge in all of the world about God and Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, turn with me over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and hold your place there. So we're talking about some of the reasons why... Uh, we have the dispensation of the millennium. So I'm going to go through uh, several of these. Some of these might be a little bit of a repeat. That's okay, uh, being that you don't hear these things very often. It's okay to hear it more than once. But one of the reasons why is to put down rebellion on the earth so that God may be all in all. And I'm going to talk a little bit more probably at the beginning of next week about putting down the rebellion. But I want to talk about this God being all in all. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Verse 24 through 28. Then comes the end. Then comes the end when He delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when He puts to an end to all rule and all authority and power. And He must reign till He has put all enemies under His feet. And the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For He has put all things under His feet. But when He says all things are put under Him, it is evident that He who put all things under Him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to Him, then the Son Himself will also be subject to Him, God, who put all things under Him, Jesus, that God may be all in all. 
And this is how it was in the Garden of Eden, is that everything was under God. Hallelujah. Even death will be put under God. Hallelujah. We need to recognize that we are heirs with Jesus and we are joint heirs of God. So because everything will be under God, it will also be under us. Hallelujah. Turn with me over to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 7 through 9. says, You have made him a little lower than the angels. Now this is talking about him as in man, created man, uh, us. You have created him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. He left nothing that was not put under him. There is nothing today. When you need it, it's available. To have dominion, to have victory over everything. Over the greatest thing that would seemingly be in the earth. If there was an uh, atomic bomb to go off at your work, you could stand unscathed. Do we believe the word? Do we believe the power of the word? Come on, any sickness, every sickness, every disease, the greatest thing, the thing that instantly when it touches a man causes him to die is nothing under the name of Jesus. It is under our feet. We must get revelation of this church. This is what sets us apart from the world. We don't live like the world. We don't have to put up with things that the world puts up with. Hallelujah. But now you do not see yet all things put under him. He's talking about death and several things like that. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone. So I want you to see here that when we're talking about angels, that word actually there, if you study that out, is not angels as the created beings of God. It's actually the word Elohim, which is God himself. So what this is actually saying is that we as people that God created, we were created directly under God and we actually are to rule over the angels. And we will certainly see that in the thousand year reign. We will be instructing uh, the angels. We will have rule over them. So in the millennium, all things are under, under us and we will be ruling with the dominion that we were originally given in Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. So in putting down rebellion, number one, Satan will be bound for the thousand years. Let's look at that, Revelation 20, verse 1 through 3. Verse 1 through 3, Revelation 20. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of that of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. And so we have to understand that we, even if he was out and about, we would have total dominion over him. But he is bound, and that is important for the natural people that are living in the earth. Remember, not everybody in the earth at this time is who we are. 
Only us that were resurrected, the resurrected saints, uh, are ruling in this capacity. There are still natural people being born into the earth. Hallelujah. Okay, also in this dispensation, it's to gather uh, together in one all things in heaven and in earth under Christ. Uh, Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and are which on earth in him. And so during this time, there will be a universal knowledge of the Lord. The universal knowledge of God will be manifest everywhere. You can read about that in Isaiah 11, uh, verse 9. Uh, We know we talked about last year how us as the resurrected saints and the natural Jews, all the Jews that were alive and survived uh, when Jesus the tribulation when Jesus came back into the earth for the battle of Armageddon, the minute that he comes in the sky, touches his foot on the Mount of Olives, all of the natural Jews then uh, that are in the earth will be saved. And so they will also be ruling and reigning in a little bit of a different capacity, uh, but they will be ruling and reigning. And so all of us will be preaching and teaching and basically upholding the kingdom as it is. Another reason uh, that we have the millennial is uh, for the Lord to vindicate or God to vindicate and to avenge Christ and the saints. Turn with me over to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse 63 through 65. This is when Jesus was in the earth. And they were basically trying to admit, get him to admit that he was the Son of God. Verse 63, But Jesus kept silent, and the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God that you tell us if you are the Christ the Son of God, and Jesus said to him, It is as you said, nevertheless I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look now, you have heard his blasphemy. So we need to understand that sit at the right hand of power means that Jesus knew and was telling them that God was going to raise him and he would be seen by all in his rightful place of ruling and power. So Christ will be vindicated. Uh, Turn with me over to Revelation chapter 1. Verse 7, Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him, even they who pierced Him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of Him. Even so, Amen. Turn with me to Revelation 6, verse 9 through 11. This is talking about the tribulation martyrs. When He opened the fifth seal... I saw the altar of the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they had held. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. So the Lord was telling them, Don't get impatient. You will be avenged. Look at me over Revelation 19, verses 1 through 2. 
After these things I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God for true and righteous are His judgments because He has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication and He has avenged on her the blood of His saints shed by her. So there we see that it is going to happen. God is going to avenge Jesus, He's going to avenge everybody. All of, all of us will be avenged. Uh, turn with me over to Romans chapter 12. There are numerous scriptures, so many that I can't even go through them all, uh, but talking about basically in this dispensation uh, that justice is served. And uh, the, God has avenged His people. And, uh, you know, this is one of those things even today that we can pull in. Uh, we see in Luke chapter 18, verses 7 through 8. Remember when it was talking about the lady going, going before the judge? And, and it said, will not the Lord, will not God avenge her speedily? Hallelujah. And so we have to keep this in the right perspective. But we do not have to know that God is working for us. And when the devil starts trying to come at you and steal things from you and take things from you and ruin your reputation and ruin your name, you can stand up. You can stand up and say, not here, that no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. And any time that rises against the servants of God, God shall condemn. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we will be avenged. They mocked Jesus, you know, they mock us, but it's okay, God is going to repay. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It is very important to God that Christ and all of His saints are vindicated in the earth for the whole world to see. Glory to God. Another thing that happens, uh, or another reason that we have this dispensation is to exalt the resurrected saints of all ages to a kingly and a priestly position in the earth for eternity according to their works. Uh, turn with me to... Um, I'm going to give you a scripture. I'm only going to read one. You can read uh, at another time Romans 8, 17 through 21. That talks about us uh, being uh, the heirs of God and the joint heirs of Christ and basically how the whole earth right now is groaning for the true revealing of the sons of God. Even the earth knows. Even the earth knows there's more to seeing us in the glory of who we are. Hallelujah. And so the whole earth is groaning and that's why there's so, so much, uh, you know, physical things even in the earth. The, the, earth, the, the earthquakes, the things of, of the earth that are shaking. It, many times because they are gro it's groaning, it's groaning. It's groaning for the, for the revealing of the sons of God. And that's what Romans 8 is about. Turn with me over to Daniel chapter 7. Let's read this one. Daniel chapter 7. I'm not going to cover tonight the different things about us being rewarded according to our works because I did that back uh, when we were in heaven and the things that happened there when we went before the judgment seat of Christ. But I just want to show you about our status of us ruling and reigning. Daniel chapter 7, we're going to read verses 18, 22, and 27. Verse 18, But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever. Hallelujah. God has prepared a kingdom for us and we are going to possess it fully 
forever and ever. Verse 22, until the ancient of days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. <laughs> and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Verse 27, then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people... The saints of the Most High, His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We were originally put in the earth to rule and to reign under the authority of God and we will certainly have that in the millennial reign. Uh, don't turn there. I'm going to read this. Revelation 1, 5 through 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you getting the picture here? Uh, let's... Let's turn to Revelation chapter 2, verse 26. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with an iron, a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. A little bit later, we're going to be talking about some of the things that we get uh, as, as time goes on here. But right now, we're talking about us ruling and us reigning. Uh, look at uh, Revelation verse chapter 11, verse 18. The nations were angry and your wrath has come and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. So Jesus is telling us over and over, the Lord is telling us over and over again that we will rule in this earth as kings and as priests. We will get this earth back. We will literally inherit the earth. We will have the wisdom of God. We will rule with wisdom. We will rule with discernment. Another reason that we have uh, the millennial reign is number four, is to fulfill hundreds of prophecies concerning the eternal reign of the Messiah. Turn with me over to... Define my note here. Acts chapter 3. No, Daniel 9. Let's go to Daniel 9. Daniel 9, verse 24. Just want to show you that there are prophecies. You know that God is not a man that He can lie. When He says something, He's going to make good on it. No matter how long it takes, when God says it, He's going to honor it. And we have to know that, that there are some things that are to come uh, that He has said. And so I just want to show you how he, how he sees this. Daniel 9 verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to, uh, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the Most High. So what God is saying is that He is going to make good. He is going to seal up 
with the fulfillment of every prophecy that he has given. Turn with me over to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Again, we're talking about why the millennium. Acts chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the, the times of the restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So he is saying these things must take place. All of the prophecies that have been prophesied from the beginning all the way through must come to pass. Hallelujah. Another reason that we will have the millennium uh, is that there are some everlasting covenants uh, that have to be uh, fulfilled. Some things that were made with Abraham. Now I'm not going to read these, but I'm going to give you the basically the chapters where you can read through some of these. Uh, there were promises made to Abraham, Genesis 12, 13, 15 and 17. There was promise uh, made to Isaac in Genesis 26. Promise made to Jacob in Genesis 28. Uh, promise made to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Uh, now part of this promise also includes the promise to restore Israel and to deliver them from the nations and make them the head of all nations forever. So remember how I told you that we the people of God are living in the city we're living in Jerusalem. We're living with God in the city. No one is allowed to live in the city except who? Us, the resurrected saints. Everyone else will live outside the city. So there will be natural cities, natural habitations. There will be natural nations. And Israel will actually be ruling as the first place of authority over all of the natural nations. Because in the beginning, it was that God created the covenant with the Jews and through the nation of Israel. Hallelujah. So let's look at that. Um, you can read about... I want to read that. Uh, turn with me over to Isaiah 60. So what we need to understand is that the natural Jews that were saved will be ruling, and they'll be ruling over, over natural Israel and all of the nations. It is in this time, listen to this everybody, this is something that there's still a lot of fighting going on. It is in, during this time that Israel will be given all of the original promised land. They will get all their land. Absolutely, because God has said it. And He is going to make good on it. Okay, And I'm all for praying. I'm all for praying that they have it right now. But I don't really know how all that comes into... But I do know this, that they are going to have that land. Now you can see in Genesis 15, verse 14 through 18, Genesis 17, verse 6 through 19, uh, where the lands was given, what land was given to Israel. You can see that there. But I want to read Isaiah chapter 60, verse 21. It says, Also your people shall all be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. Did you see that? Now, remember I told you last week, I don't have time to read all of the scriptures before and after to show you which dispensation we're in. So when you're studying this, you have to go back to previous scriptures to see that this is talking about in the millennium. And in the millennium it said, They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. 
Hallelujah. So in the millennium, we do know that Israel will get all of their land back. Hallelujah. And we can tell that the Gentile nations, all of the, the nations, I don't, I don't know what we should call them Gentile nations, but all of the natural nations that are outside of Israel uh, will be located in their part of the earth uh, for which they were actually given. And it actually tells us in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, we use this scripture a lot. It talks about how God has pre-appointed every man, every person, their dispensation and time. In other words, it's not just by chance that you're living in this dispensation. That that was an appointment by God. Hallelujah. And so there's appointments all throughout God of, of who belongs where and what dispensations and also in the particular lands of where people are to live. Hallelujah. So, you know, just a moment ago I said about the whole land thing, because that's a big deal today. You know, there's a lot of fighting still going on about the land. There's a lot of praying going on about the land. And so I just want to throw this out there so that we can be effective in our prayers, uh, that we can be um, not frustrated in our prayers. We have to be careful when we are praying about things to come, things in the days ahead, particularly when they're not things that are of our own life or things that are under our own authority or under our own dominion because there are so many things that we don't know in the big picture. The, the plan of God is it's so big, it's so complex. You know, the Bible says His thoughts are higher than ours, His, His ways are higher than ours. There are so many things that have to happen, steps that have to be taken in order for all things to come about in the end as it is supposed to come about. We, we understand that, right? That there are some things that do have to happen in order for the tribulation uh, to be able to come. I'm sure this is the way I, that the Lord years ago talked to me about this, was that when Jesus was in the earth, and those that knew He was the Messiah, uh, and all these things were happening to Jesus. Persecution was happening to Jesus. The threats were happening to Jesus. You know, they would try to stone him. They would try to kill him. And then, and then before you know it, they actually arrested him. And then before you know it, they were, they, were, they were going to the sentencing. I'm sure many of the people of God were not happy. This was not what they wanted. This was not what they thought. They thought it was going to happen. How did it? And so they were probably praying. They were probably praying that he wouldn't be arrested. They were praying that he wouldn't be sentenced. They were praying that he wouldn't, certainly wouldn't die on the cross. No, no, no. Don't let Barabbas go. Crucify him. Don't let Jesus go. But we know today that that absolutely had to happen. And so we don't want to find ourselves praying against the plan of God, the things that are going to come, you know, we have to pray by faith. And so I always say when you have an unction, first of all, you have to keep your feelings out of it, your desires out of it, your understanding out of it. Okay? Even with everything that's going on in the Middle East, everything that's going on with Israel, see, we know the end. And we know what should happen. But we don't know everything that is going to take place to get to that place. Okay? Now... Having said that, we are people called to pray. And our prayers can be effective in the earth. Okay? But we have to pray with the Holy Ghost. And we have to make sure we keep our head out of it. And really our, our soul out of it. So I always tell people, when you have an unction to pray about something 
that's like really kind of big, like, like even national, like things on a national level. We're not, we don't really have authority. No one has authority in a national level. There are no national prophets today that have authority on a national level. It's totally wrong. It's totally Old Testament scripture. Okay? So we have to be very careful how we're praying. So I always just say this, pray with the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues. If you will give yourself over to tongues and pray fervently, not like these are not words that don't mean something. When we're praying in tongues, we're praying out divine secrets and mysteries. We're praying out the things that we don't know, but we know this, we are praying the perfect will of God according to Romans 8. Right? So we can be safe in knowing that we are praying in tongues, praying the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Okay, let's continue on. A couple of things about... Now we've talked about basically most of the majority, the big things of the why we have the millennium. Let's talk about a couple of things of the what and some of the hows. I'm going to not cover these in detail, but primarily just highlight some of them. Uh, number one is to know, of course, that we will judge the nations in righteousness. I talked about this last week. Uh, so that we can restore the earth to its rightful owners. So last week I talked about at the second coming, uh, there will be the uh, judgment of the living nations. So I'm not going to talk about that uh, again tonight. But I do want you to know that once uh, the people that have been spared qualify and cross over into the kingdom of God in the millennium, uh, there will be required to go up uh, once a year to Jerusalem to acknowledge Christ. So let's just read that. Uh, Zechariah... Zechariah chapter 14, verse 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which come up against Jerusalem, that's those that were spared, shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Now next week I'm going to talk a little bit more about the different laws and kind of the governing of things that are going to happen. But you'll see that people will be required, basically, to uphold the things that are required. Uh, we also see that there will be a righteous and an eternal government on earth as originally planned by God. So I'm not going to read this tonight. You all know it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. We read it and talk about it all the time at Christmas. But it's basically talking about the eternal uh, government uh, upon David and uh, upon Christ that will be established. And so in this dispensation, uh, we will have that. And I did want to read this. Let's turn over to uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse And in the days of the kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will, shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So this is an eternal government. Uh, what I want you to know about here, there are many scriptures where you can read about this. You can read about this in Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. is also another good uh, description. But I want you to know that the kingdom will be worldwide... We just read about that. So every, this kingdom 
and the establishment of the government, there's not going to be state governments, there's not going to be national governments, there's not going to be some doing this and some doing that. This is all going to be the government, uh, and it's going to be, uh, the world capital will be Jerusalem. So let's turn over to Zechariah chapter 8. I can show you that. Zechariah chapter 8. I'm eliminating about a third, at least a third of the scriptures I have on paper tonight. So when you go tomorrow or whenever it gets posted, it will have all of the scriptures in there, even the scriptures that I did not go over tonight. But Zechariah Zachariah chapter 8, verses 2 through 3. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I'm zealous for Zion with great zeal, with great fervor I'm zealous for her. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. So we can see that Jerusalem, the holy city, will be like the capital building of the whole wide world. And the Jewish temple uh, will be basically what like the capital itself would be. So we will be operating everything from the temple. You can read more about this in Zechariah 14, verses 16 and 17. Isaiah uh, chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Ezekiel 43, 6 through 7. Uh, Zechariah 6, 12 through 13. Uh, it's actually going to be exalted up. We know that when Jesus came and stepped his foot down... There were physical things that took place in the earth and one was that a mountain was raised up where Jerusalem is so that the mountain, uh, the city will be elevated. Uh, basically, I don't know that you can see it from every place in the earth, but it's just a representation that it is elevated above all else. Hallelujah. Y'all with me? So it will be a theocratic government, a state that is governed and administered by the direct uh, by the direction of God Himself. So this is how this will go. I'm not going to talk about this tonight because you will already know this. But first it will be God. He will be on top. Everything all in all under God. He will be directing. Then under that, Christ will rule under God. Let's look at Luke 1. Just so you can see this. Luke 1, verse 32 through 33. This is an actual government. So, you know, this dispels the myth that once we're, once we're saved and go up to heaven, we float around on the clouds and do nothing and then just hang out and do nothing. We're actually running the world. And that's why we will have to be like Christ. But we will be doing it with all wisdom, perfect judgment. We will have no uh, 12-man juries. No pull out to the people and see who wants to come and sit under it. No, there will be one resurrected saint that will hear the case and give the right judgment. Luke chapter 1 verse 32 and 33. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of, the, of his kingdom there will be no end. So this is talking about God over all Christ will rule under God. Then we see that David will rule over all of Israel under Christ. So let's look at that in Jeremiah chapter 30.
David will rule over all Israel under Christ, Jeremiah 30, verse 9. But then they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Again, you have to go back and read this to see that this is in the dispensation of the millennial reign. Then we see, uh, I, I tell you what, let's turn over to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 34. We'll read that also about David. Ezekiel 34, verse 24. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken. You can also read about that in Ezekiel 37, verses 24 through 28, and Hosea 3, verse 5. Isn't this amazing, again, how all these prophets of different time frames that didn't even know each other wrote of these things that all come together to piece the picture. Then we see that the twelve apostles will rule over one tribe each, so Christ will rule over all, and under Christ, uh, David will rule over all, and under David will be uh, the twelve apostles. Uh, let's look at that in Matthew 19. Matthew 19, verse 28. This is spoken to the twelve apostles, and so Jesus said to them, Surely I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve... Th- thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So there will be there will be more distinction of of what's happening in the Israel category, but you do have to remember that we are ruling also. So David is ruling over Israel. The 12 apostles are ruling over the 12 tribes. But we are all ruling over the world and everything that's happening, all the other nations, all the other people. So we will all be set in positions with assignments, responsibilities. All right, turn with me over to uh, Isaiah chapter 60. I'm going to... I think I want to change that up. I'm going to go first to uh, Zechariah chapter 14. I only have a couple more scriptures. Zechariah chapter 14, verses 16 through 21. I need you to know that in the earth there will only be one religion. There will only be one religion. Hallelujah. Again, God will not override natural man's desire, but you'll see next week they will be swiftly judged and executed. So you either get with Christ, and again, this is why I say... Probably I'll talk about this next week, but many people will do the outward thing, but in their heart not be. And so when the devil is loosed again, they will side with him. But then that will be judged and cast into the lake of fire forever. So, but there will be one universal religion. Let's read this. Zechariah 14, again talking about the millennial time. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which come up against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King and the Lord of Lords and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. In that, verse 20, In that day, holiness to the Lord shall be engraved on the belts of the horses, The pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yes, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holiness to the Lord of hosts. Everyone who sacrifices shall come and take them and cook in them. And in that day there shall no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. So this is it. This government, this kingdom of God rules 
eternal. There is one religion. There is one God. There is one way. There is one people. There is one voice. Hallelujah. Then lastly, we're going to close with this tonight. One more thing that we will see in this dispensation of the millennial is that there will be universal peace. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say the peace of God. The peace of God. Well, the whole world is still looking for peace, peace, peace. And we know that until Jesus comes, really, there cannot be world peace because He alone is the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Uh, But let's read about this. Uh, in Isaiah 60 verse 18. And so peace in the world also means peace where? Peace in Jerusalem. There is coming peace in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So let's read this right here. Of course you can read about it in Isaiah chapter 9. Again verse 6 and 7. But Isaiah 60, 18 says this, Vengeance shall no longer be heard in your... Violence shall no longer be heard in your land. There will be no violence, no fighting, no... Everyone will be at peace. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Hallelujah. There will be peace on the earth. Glory to God. And not just a spiritual peace, but an earthly peace in the millennial. So we will reign together in peace. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we are finished for tonight. Next week we have just a couple more things about the millennium. And then we will cross over into the new heaven and the new earth. Praise the Lord for eternity. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is this helping you? Did you learn something tonight you didn't know? Did you be reminded tonight that the devil is under your feet? Come on. Do do you need to be reminded that that we we need to quite often be stomping on him and crushing his head and hallelujah? Sometimes you got to get up off your, your lazy place of easy life. Fight for what belongs to you. Come on, it is a fight. It is a fight. It's not a fight to win over the devil. It's a fight of faith. It's a fight for you to know who you are. It's a fight for you to know the power that you have in the name of Jesus. It's a fight for you to know the dominion that you carry because of the authority that's in the Word of God. It's a fight for you to have revelation that you really are the Son of God, that God is with you, for you, never against you, that God will uphold you, that God will honor your words, that God will work with you, that anything that you ask in the name of Jesus, He will do it. It's a fight of faith to know that and exercise that. And these are not days to be being lazy, lazy Christians. Come on, we're living ready. We sang about it tonight. There's power in the name. Come on, there's an army rising up. Are you part of the army? Come on, do I need to go back to the original vision where the people were off on their own side doing their own thing? Come on, we got to be part of the army. We got to get in. We got to take our place. We got to know who we are. We got to exercise what we have. We got to use the name of Jesus. Fulfill our destiny. Come on, fulfill our assignments. Do the work of the Lord. Come on, he's coming back. Is he going to find faith in the earth? Is he going to find faith in you? I hope he finds faith in Houston Faith Church. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Just be reminded that we win glory. Hallelujah. And if we win then, we can win now. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is the Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.